and welcome back to another edition of Trust the Pod. And today I have uh, the co-host, Paula Joinin. What, what? And our lifelong friend of the show, Arista. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, trust the process. Yep, trust it. Um, so we had a lot of events unfold over the past couple of days. I don't know about you, but as a Cleveland Browns fan, I am still trying to calm down from my emotions on uh, the other night with the Ravens versus uh, the Browns. And of course, what we had was the Bachelorette was scheduled that night. So I had on one screen, I had the Cleveland Browns game and then the Bachelorette. Meanwhile, I was live texting like too many people. So my my memory is kind of blank right now. Would you say that that would you say that the Browns game was your number two of the night? I mean, it was a, it was a pretty crappy outcome for you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, if we had a proper hometown, maybe we would have won the game. But <laughs> um, I was like, even at like the end of that game, I'm not. This is the only thing I'm going to say about the game. At the end of it, I was like on edge the whole time. I was yelling at my TV. I was trash talking just by myself, like alone with my dog watching it. And Sarah coming in here and there and like just judging me. But at the end, I was like, you know what? I'm not even mad. That was a great game. I can't be mad. We lost on the field goal at the last two seconds. It's whatever. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, it's quite crappy, huh? Like compared uh, to like the, the Cleveland Browns games where I've seen in the past, even like week one, it was totally different versus the Ravens where I was maybe in it for like the first like couple of minutes. I'm like, well, I'm ready to get hurt again this year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, believe that Lamar beat the Browns twice that night? I think it was it was it was just like so dramatic too because um, you had Lamar Jackson go out with cramps, which I was I was like, oh how convenient. But you know the the Ravens haven't been playing. Um, well, Lamar Jackson has been out for a while too, so he I think his body's still getting like used to it. So I guess it all like makes sense. But and then when he came back, he delivered like as soon as possible. The Ravens were about were losing the momentum, and he just shut everyone up. And I was like, you know what? That's awesome. But Baker did the same thing, so I'm proud of both of them. I, I mean, do, do you think Lamar took the Browns to the Super Bowl last night? The, wait, what? He took – Lamar Jackson took the Cleveland Browns to the Super Bowl? All right, all right. <laughs> we've, we've made about four or five poop jokes <laughs> that you have just completely not gotten <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, I'm too focused, dude. I'm too focused on uh, that game. I'm, I'm telling you, my emotions are just completely shot. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of upset that in our, our little group chat that Arista was the only one that reacted to my Caitlin Bennett uh, joke. Yeah. That he should have just pulled a Caitlin Bennett. Just, just kept on going. Yeah, just poop yourself, man. <laughs> Boo-boo Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, meanwhile, while I was too focused in on the Browns losing that game on Monday night, uh, Paul and Arista, you were avidly watching The Bachelorette. Always. Always. So we had yeah. our friend, Bennett, he rejoined the rest of the contestants. Arista, did you love it when he, when you decided or when you saw Arista come back? Are not Arista come back when you have Bennett come back oh. um, and rejoin the fellow contestants when it's basically like only a handful left. Were you pleasantly surprised and looking forward to seeing Bennett's uh, Harvard grad face again? I think I think him walking in saying, "You guys look like you've seen a ghost." It's a pretty alpha move. I'm not gonna lie. Thank <laughs> you. But uh, Bennett is such a um, an unlikable jerk. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I was like, come on, when, when he came back and, and she let him stay. So, no, yeah, I was I, not happy to see him. So on like last week's pod, one of the things that, that I said about Bennett was like, if you have a Harvard degree, right, and you are a wealth manager in New York City, you got some coin, right? And he's not a horrible looking dude, right? Like he's not like, you know, ugly, there's got to be something else. Like, why are you 36 and single with all of those other really like awesome traits like working for you? The rest of us, we got to work for it. Like, like we're you know, but you got that. There's got to be something else that's wrong with you. Like, I don't know. He just seems like a dude that doesn't really have his life together. You know, like he his apartment probably is a mess or like 
Um, or, or like he just is like his apartment's a mess. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know what's like. What could be wrong with him? Why is he well, thirty six and single? I think we we sort of got a glimpse of it just from like how the when it was like the mental all when they started talking about how he um, how he was in conversations with just like other guys, and a lot of them didn't want to step on his toes, but there was sort of this vibe in the house that he was almost like a classist, or he was like condescending towards people and Damar who is like one of my favorite he was very chill about it and was like dude like I have no problem with you whatsoever but like it could be coming across that you are talking down to people and especially because like Damar's 26 Noah's 25 and he like tried to point it out and be sort of like that bridge between that annoying Noah and Benegrift um so I think that might be the overall problem with Bennett is he's just probably hanging out with too many people who are similar to him right like there's no diversity in his friend group like everybody's rich white and ivy league educated you know he's in cracking a beer with a dude behind the trisig house like that's not (laughs) how he rolls yeah you probably don't see like a lot of the Bennett crowd going to block party on like Fetterman and trying to survive in advance. <laughs> you, you guys have seen the social network where they try to get in those finals clubs uh, in Harvard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bennett was in one of those. So it's like, oh, really? Like think of the Winkleboss twins in the social network. Like that's Bennett. Like that's him as a person. I, I did like how he uh, came back to his whole, like you are deficient in three of the four yeah. intelligence and emotional quotient things. And he came back and said, I was wrong. You're actually deficient in four of the four. I'm like, Ooh. my guy, my guy. He's burning so hard right now. What a yeah. move. Yeah, it was He's... pretty much like a fail too. Cause like we all sort of saw that coming too. You know, they were going to bring that up as well. The emotional, social things that um, he has problems with, with Noah. And it still like fell fat, flat on its face. Just um, imagine being that petty though. Like seriously, <laughs> he is like the definition of petty. Like, Four to four, like he knows one thing and one lane, and he's just gonna hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. Yeah. But like he just is just not a personable dude. It, yeah. Like, like if he gets into those finals clubs, right? How does he party? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, there was like, you know what he kind of reminds me of is there was an article that I probably told you guys about, but there was an article that came out um about tiger woods back in like the mid 2000s ish trying to like figure out his like psychological whatever makeup Mm -hmm. and he was partying and clubbing in new york city with michael jordan and Derek jeter in the like late 90s early 2000s which like you know you good that's an Um, average thursday night at cap what are you telling me Well, you know anyway like they're they're there and obviously women are just like throwing themselves at these two dudes and they're just you know rolling with it they're personable they're talking and tiger woods goes up to them at the end of the night he's like guys what do you talk to girls about and jeter looks at him and he just says dude just tell me you're tiger woods you know <laughs> but like but like i feel like he is that similar personality like he doesn't know how to make contact with other human beings like human contact is not his forte yeah, especially like on a personable mm. uh, level, I feel like because that might, that's also like a good point too, is he's probably too used of only maybe referencing that. And that is, he's, that's where I sort of, yeah, he's like sort of like projecting himself when he always complains about Noah and being like deficient in three of those four when in reality, it's Bennett being deficient in those categories. Like especially- Oh yeah, he's definitely projecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did watch his Instagram story uh, recently and he talked about uh astrology so you know he's like as an aries like i feel like i you know no he's a cancer he goes as a cancer i have a big heart and <laughs> this is this is what he said and i thought it was really funny he goes i'm a cancer i have a big heart you'll never find as big a cancer as me oh my god uh, he's like kind of like i was like uh bro <laughs> rephrase that <laughs> He's probably like, so I have like an app on my phone. Like I ironically downloaded it just to like, you know, keep the vibe with those people. And like, this is what it says like under me. Um, So it says, we won't go back to normal because normal was the problem. That's so edgy. So deep. (laughs) So deep. 
Well, the fourteen-year-old oh, girl is like, "This is me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's Bennett. That's like what he's like trying to do. <laughs> like, get out of here. So true. Maybe it's because he knows that like being himself is not good enough, so he has to be somebody else. Ooh, true. Well, that's where I was sort of glad is when he did come back. I knew, historically speaking, that he would probably stay on or make it to like the next round because you don't want to have a guy go out on a limb. And then just send him home. But you know what? That's what my girl Tasha did. She just sent him right back home. <laughs> Which is why she's great. Although I will say this, though. I have to criticize her. I have to. I'm so sorry. Oh, I know that we How, love her. What are her. you going to criticize her about? Look. So Blake's date. Can we talk about this? Go ahead. Like, Let's hear it. Crystal magic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Marianne isn't going to happen, Arista. You just have to get over it. Like... Yeah, you have like the right orbs in this. <laughs> he won, she lost. Get over it. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, oh, no. They, <laughs> so they go to this this crystal lady. Like, what is it? They have this old hippie looking lady with the crystals, and she's talking about the crystals. Ooh, these rocks! And then they break this this like other rock in half, and they each give each other a piece of the rock, like. It's just a rock, man. Like, what are we talking? What are we doing? And then he gets sent home because, like, she just doesn't feel right with him and the crystals. Like, I would be pissed. Like, I would be so upset if, like, my rock vibe wasn't on. That's why I'm getting sent home. I had to to play, like, naked, you know, dodgeball. And and I had to, you know, make, make phallic symbols out of clay. And now I'm getting sent home because the rocks don't like me. Are you kidding me? The rocks get out. He didn't here. even. He didn't even get to the night date. It was like immediately afterwards. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. sorry, Blake. Tasha was like, the stars have a lines, and I'm just not feeling you anymore. You're gonna have to go home. And he's like, right now. He's like, yeah, get out. <laughs> and they're like holding Back the thing. Thing. They're holding like the one thing over top of like his chest, like the little like crystal no, that, thing. That and was like, not over his chest. Well, uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That? <laughs> no, that's where I feel like they did edit a lot of things out of that date. Um, but like, they were like really harping on that, especially with Blake. And I, that's where I sort of feel bad because I feel like everything was like centered around that subject for him. But at the same time, he was always asking like to do that stuff. So I, I, I well, like when he was sent home, I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like him that much. Yeah, I, I don't like him either. Like too heartbroken because then. You had Bennett out. You had uh, Blake out. Uh, Noah also got sent home too. And then you have Noah young Noah. Out. And that's when um, that's when I was thankful. And that's when I basically like tuned out. It's like we got the good guys here. I don't need to know what else happens. I was. Awesome. I mean, there's definitely the best four. Oh yeah, for sure. Hands down. For this sure. Is, you got what? Brendan, who's my favorite. You have Ivan. You then have. Um, Ben, Ben, and then and Zach. Zach. So out of those four, um, so I just said my my favorite one is still Brennan to this day. So he went he went first on the hometowns. Yeah, yeah. Before we go to like in depth with like the hometowns, uh, Rista, who would be your favorite person out of those four guys? I mean, uh, I mean out of those four, I feel like. Who I who I like or who I think Tasha likes? <laughs> well, it could be either or. I think who I think Tasha really likes is Zach. Um, I think Ivan might be my favorite, but I think Tasha is really into Zach. So, so like, what is it with Zach? After all these weeks, still, I don't get it. I don't get it feel at all. Is, is it that New Jersey vibe that you were talking about earlier? <laughs> dude, dudes, dudes, parents are so deeply New Jersey. It's like genetic. <laughs> get out the map we need to figure out which part of new jersey <laughs> they're also a little like they look kind of pasty i'm not gonna lie his mom kind of looks like the ghost of like christmas, christmas past like yeah she looks like the ghost of christmas past and uh, hard, the dad, hard, hard like, disagree on the mom paul because she looked like she had sat out in the sun for so long that her skin damaged sun which was <laughs> wasn't tanned for some reason but it was so sun damaged so not really sure uh <laughs> How to make that but anyway keep going and like how old is dad like, yeah, seriously, I like seriously he looked like he was 98 <laughs> I, thought, I thought zach's zach's brother was his dad at first and i thought the grandparents were there i was like oh my <laughs> <laughs> never mind <laughs> uh, 
Also, shouldn't those people not be traveling? <laughs> I wonder how long they had a quarantine to travel. Um... Like months, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I don't really like him. I thought like his date, like before the hometowns, was so corny too. Like, well, I oh, let's get gonna... in this taxi. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, like, so, like, cliche. I thought they were going to take wedding photos again. <laughs> like, hey, Tasha, let's take the wedding photos again. I forgot that they even did that. I honestly think Stupid that date. might be the pillar why he's still around. Is she still emotionally connected to this idea of Zach? She loved him being right by New York, and she's still emotionally connected, um, seeing that future easily in those photographs that they take him with the, the uh, wedding photos. I think she sees him as like a mature option, like the most mature option, even though it's Ivan, because he's like experienced some prior uh, stumblings. You know, he is, his job is an addiction specialist. So I'd like to think that his prior uh, firsthand experience with that sort of stuff kind of lends him to a good career uh, and, and he's more mature. So I think that's what Tasha sees in him. I mean, I don't see it necessarily, but it's, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like him. Like, he just annoys me. He just, I, I, like, I didn't like their date. I didn't like, like, it just didn't seem natural. It just see, he just seems like so forced. And he seems like someone that is just like really forcing himself to like, he's really being fake. Like, I feel like he's being fake. And then like, once this relationship like progresses and they're together like a year or whatever, like, it's just not like, it's going to fail. Like, it just like, there's no like, true connecting foundation i don't know maybe i'm you know correct me if i'm wrong here but i think that ivan is much they much better get along like those two like really connect on a deeper level um and brendan too because i i really loved his hometown date with bringing the little kid classic move really good move on his part you know, win some, some carnival games. Like, it's a classic, like, great date. Like, he played that so well. Even with Ivan, too. Like, that's, like, the little things that she does love. Yeah, the cooking. Just, like, cooking at home and having fun together that way. It was, like, pretty laid back. wasn't stressful. And, like, based off of, like, Tasha's like, Instagram, she loves that stuff, too. Well, and she's also, like, playing, like, they're also, like, projecting their future together. Because, like, if you yeah. get married, cooking with your wife is something that's probably going to occur so you know kind of playing house like that i i think that she's like all in yeah i think overall um zach's parents too like what like you guys were saying i felt it was just like kind of awkward and bland like they they felt kind of forced to and like his brother was kind of like weary about the whole situation as well i wasn't getting like the good like good vibes like from any of it and i thought tasha would have been like thrown off but, you know, it's surprised me another week that this was, like, another great opportunity for them to connect. And looks like they did. I mean, definitely not as weird as Peter's family. So, like, maybe, like, our bar <laughs> yeah. is just so low. Yeah. That's what I miss. I miss Peter's mom. <laughs> I did not watch that season, so I do not know what you're talking about. If, oh, if yeah. I went on, if I went on, like, that hometown and I'm and I walk in and that's the family that person's getting cut the next ceremony like you're done so Paul how would you describe to like Arista who doesn't really know um what we're talking about with like Peter's mom not to get like too off topic right here but how would you describe Peter's mom and how he reacted to your girl Maddie in the previous season of the bachelorette or the bachelor well she like hated her (laughs) like absolutely Peter's mom yeah she hated her which like I don't really get. I mean, the mom is just imagine like the most annoying like parent you've ever met in your life. Multiply it by six hundred, and that's his his family. Like they're <laughs> oh, no. so awkward in your face, just awful. Well, just and awful. The thing with Peter and Maddie, they got along tremendously well. They like connected on a lot of aspects, but the one thing that peter's mom did not like was she saw this clash of almost like cultures where like maddie was she could um was that conservative christian whereas peter he wants to go to the club maybe that thursday friday peter's okay with making like like jokes about his sexual adventures in front of his parents like it's just a completely yeah whereas maddie like they're doing the um 
hey, let's go around the table and say something nice about each other at dinner time, you know, every single night. Yeah, so that's like, where it was like pretty awkward between yeah. like Peter's mom and Maddie, but luckily we don't have that with this season in The Bachelorette. Uh, maybe, you know, time will tell when we go to Tasha's parents again, but Tasha's dad is hand, like so much better. Like he's, he's well-rounded. He's just avidly looking, you know, for the right person with Tasha. And I think especially going forward, if he meets, you know, I think Brendan or Ivan, then he will be um, confident in Tasha's next relationship. I'll be honest. I almost kind of like this season more that there's more like normalish personalities because yeah, like, like it's not as entertaining or gives us a whole lot to talk about, but it's, I don't know. I like seeing normal people act normally. Like, I don't really want to see the, hey, you know, like, I'm going to act like this because I'm just putting on for the TV. Like Peter's mom was so like, she's totally playing like a character. Like, come on, you're not that weird. And if you are, <laughs> oh my, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. We, I won't, I won't talk more in depth about it because Arista's so, uh, that, that's, I would definitely recommend looking at like the last, what was it? Like two or three episodes of the, the bachelor. Yeah. Where you just have like Peter's mom just really going out there and making a scene. It's like super, it's like really cringy. I live for cringy, so. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, is like. Nathan for you stuff. So you would probably <laughs> like this, but not in a good way. You'd be like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like being with his family, I would feel like would be like living the Scott's Tots episode of The Office just over and over and over That's and over and over again. First off, that's not even the cringiest episode. It's the dinner party episode. That's so a, that's the best episode of. I, I, I love I that. I stand episode. by that. But yo, wait, wait, no, no, no. That, that's a hot take because I feel like I normalize that episode because I've seen it probably like over like two thousand times. And the more you watch it, the more comedic relief it is, and actually supposed to be compared to Scott's tots. We could break up the office all day. <laughs> them, them, them arguing and him saying like, "You're gonna pay for it with your zero dollars <laughs> per hour with benefits, babe." Yeah. That's like, hilarious. <laughs> that's like, like he's just standing goal. staring at his tv like it's like from like this far away that's this big or I, bad radio you can't see it but it's like what 10 inches big <laughs> yeah and then of course he just caps it off with like a that's what she said joke where i could just i could just stand here and watch tv all day <laughs> yes. like, uh, yeah, but like that, that episode is like so much better than scott's tots yeah it's better it's cringier Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it might just be. It's like, a different kind of cringier, though. Yeah, like we'd almost have to like level out like the different cringe levels because they're they're very similar, but yet a little bit different. I think, uh, and I don't want to keep dragging this on too much, but I think I can see myself at an awkward dinner party pretty easily. I'm I'm never gonna sponsor a kindergarten class, so I uh, like I probably not. So like I don't know if I can see myself in that situation for Scott's tots but I can easily be at an awkward dinner party. So I think that's why it's just, it's more closer to home. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more like relatable to you. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I love about The Bachelorette is because sometimes it gets real cringy. Oh yeah. And of course they're giving previews for The Bachelor. I don't know who uh, this guy is. I think he was off of like a previous season, but- yeah, Kate, like, the, the Caitlin says he's like a friend of a, of, a, of a dude. Yeah, he, he's like, there's always so much more drama with The Bachelor compared to The Bachelorette. Well. It's hilarious. Again, not to be, not to be like, you know, kind of playing into gender stereotypes uh, here. Paul's going to get canceled. <laughs> I mean, those, the, you know, Trimble, you've watched a couple seasons of this now. You know that they get off the bus or the, the limo. They get out of that limo. They hug the dude. They go in the house and they are ready for blood. Like that's, that's how it should be. Like they're playing a game. <laughs> they're trying to find love, and he's their man. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> I was actually uh, this is probably not something we should get into now. We'll save this for a preview episode. But I was actually looking at some of the contestants. A lot of talent, and and a lot of talent. Uh, and they're in um they're filming at a at a resort in pittsburgh or out near pittsburgh that's oh, um, like an oxymoron which i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm really kind of disappointed in i really thought they'd choose one of like the uh love escapes in the poconos well yeah at the bare minimum if you're looking at like things to do in pennsylvania i wouldn't think of going to like a resort in pittsburgh 
<laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, get one of the get one of the junky 1980s resorts from the Poconos that have like the heart-shaped uh pools and like you can see oh, they yeah. painted pink paint over like mold or something. Like that's what I really want. Yes. Or yes, <laughs> I'm for it. Or we go to like a, like a camp resort where you can like write things on like the bunk beds. <laughs> Do you like me? Yes, no. Yeah, check it. No. <laughs> no. No rose for you. <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty much like ends the bachelor where we were. Is you have like the uh, oh no no you forgot about one guy. Remember Ben? All right, yeah, we gotta talk about Ben for a second. Because... I'm old enough to remember Ben. <laughs> yeah, anti anti clutch. He's anti clutch. He's yeah, like the anti Tom Brady. Like yeah, so. No 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 no. Please don't please don't go there. No, because like Ben, it, I go back and forth on my opinion all the time with Ben. It's like, I feel like I I want to root for him. But at the same time, he just, I feel like he reached his ceiling. Can I kind of get a little bit deep here? Yeah, sure. Like, I kind of, I kind of understand Ben. Like, did he drop the ball? I think we all agree unlike Dez, he did not catch it. Um, but like... Dez caught it twice. <laughs> he caught two things. What is the catch? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Don't oh, trigger me. Canceled. <laughs> don't, don't trigger me. <laughs> um, but like, I totally get how like, when it comes to those emotions, because I feel like I'm kind of the same way that like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, like, lose my mind that I got cut from that shit. Like, I'm trying to, like, internalize. Like, I, I like, it's a defense mechanism that I wouldn't want to, like, bowl my eyes out because I got to go home. Like, would I be upset? Absolutely. But I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, like, the my world is over, blah, blah, blah. Like, keep it contained. Keep it, you know, don't, like, he knows that he's on TV. He's not going to, like, it's, is it a bit, like, like a macho kind of thing probably but you know i i get what he's doing i get it like i feel for him because like she's like all right you didn't win like what what's he gonna do like fall well, down I, start crying and beg her to keep like you didn't well, you didn't get the rose bro Go that's home. sort of like, what like Tasha wanted like sh she was hurting him at like the worst she can really do on the bachelorette and he still didn't even really give any emotion and that's like what really frustrated Tasha at the very end. She was like, I'm here like basically saying that I have three other relationships that have progressed and you still haven't in regards to like the emotional aspect. And you still like can't even express even what like the bare minimum, what you're thinking right now. And that's where I think Tasha was just like kind of frustrated with it because you, you can't really continue on if you're, you know, having one person wanting to, you know, advance on the emotional level. She even said to him, like, don't shut down on me. Don't, don't shut down on me. Yeah. Just, his rep response was, I don't know. Like, so, I mean, you know. But, but after, like, after he didn't get the rose, like, I can't blame him for I, any of his reaction. Like, yeah, I get it. It's over at that point. Like, what are you going to do? Like, actually, you know, I've thought in the last 20 seconds that I do love you. Like, you can't, un I'm assuming you can't undgive uh, uh, that rose, right? You can't, like, right. now retroactively. Look. Now, look he put himself in that situation so there could be also some kind of like self-actualization that you know what i screwed this one up guy you know i'm not gonna like cry because you cut me i'm gonna be upset because i kind of cut myself because the night before he sitting on the chair like they had a great time she had a great time with his her uh his his family they're really happy and she's looking in his eyes and they're just like you gotta drop the four-letter word, my friend. You gotta hit her with the the L bomb. Even like falling for, you know, that instead of saying love, if you don't want to like scare her too much, right? You gotta you give her something. You. And I think she would have loved that, even if he would have brought her like aside right before the rose ceremony. If he would have said like, "I'm starting to like have like real feelings for you. I'm starting to love you, or starting to fall for you," I think he still would have be here. Like he would still be here. Yeah, like, he did the, like, awkward, your first date in seventh grade, going to the movies, you watch the movie, and, like, her mom is ready to pick her up, and you're like, well, okay, hi, I'll see you on AIM. Didn't, yeah. I, I know that we just, I know that we just kind of dated that podcast here, but, you know. Throwback. <laughs> hey, we, we all could, like, you know, 
go back to that time where AIM was the way relationships progressed. <laughs> right. Like, but like, that's, that's what he did to her after like, you're an adult, you're on the bachelorette and you just met the family. Like you should probably do a little bit more than the, well, see ya, sleep well, you have, know. Have a good night. <laughs> Especially because he was like, I think I love her. Like, I think I'm having feelings with her. You know, I should tell her. And then he just sits there and is like, well, good night. <laughs> like, he okay. just like barely dropped it. Yeah, he's anti-clutch. Yeah, that's where I like just sort of feel bad for him on that aspect because you could tell he really did care for her. He really did start to like her as a person and he just could not communicate it whatsoever to save his life. Yeah, so like I get why he kind of shut down, but at the same time, like, you know, you could have done something to put yourself into that top tier. Mm-hmm. You didn't do it. Yeah. Sorry. Like you gotta, you gotta stand out at this point too, and he he just didn't. And like I'll be honest, I loved his date too. Like the pre um, you know, whatever um before the hometowns i loved his date like let's get on rollerblades let's pretend we're at the the beach in california because she's from california too like let's you know the only my only criticism was if he's gonna take her to the beach they should have gone to one of the sand traps on the golf course but again that's just my personal <laughs> yeah you know, a little bias little bias creeping in it but like i loved his date dude you built this beautiful sunday just put the cherry on top and you didn't do it <laughs> So, but, sorry. But you know who did put the cherry on top? Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I love it. I love Tyrese Maxey. I love them in Kentucky. And I love the draft pick as well. And I think he will do great things in Philadelphia. And I think that's where we transition to basketball talk. See, this is why Trimble should have been on the show. Like, he was, he's got no problem dropping that L-bomb right away, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love you half as much as I love Maxie. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, there's a level. Tyrese Maxie will soon become the new Tony Roten. But that, that's like a couple of years down the road. But I, I won't drop that, you know, Tony reference for a while. Dude, you just... That's like you dropping the L-bomb in, like, the first episode of Bachelor. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. After, like, on a, one game. On a scale from one to Tony, Maxi is Tony. <laughs> on a scale of one to Tony freaking right now, how are you feeling right now? Like, oh, you know, like a Tyrese Maxi. <laughs> Dude's got such a beautiful floater, like, just whoop, easy, gorgeous looking. Do you think that if COVID didn't happen and there was a tournament, like, he, Maxi would have yeah. been a lottery pick? Mm-hmm. Yes, because, I, yeah, he was the, the star talent of Kentucky. I think the tournament really does kind of make or break a lot of these dudes' draft value because, like, you know, what Kentucky does to, you know, Vanderbilt or Alabama on, like, a Tuesday night in February, no one's going to see. Like, he could drop 45 and no one's going to see it. But, like, if he's if he's doing this and, like, carrying this team, you know, down the stretch and hitting big shot after big shot after big shot, like, that's going to move him up other than, you know, all of those other individual workouts, I think at least that's. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of like Kemba, Kemba Walker when he just went off in that one tournament, especially it was like still the Big East at that time where he just like brought UConn through like the championship and then his stock just like went through the roof. Right, yeah. I mean, I totally feel that. Totally feel that. Like, or even some of these other guys like Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a thing because of the NCAA tournament. Like, who the hell knew what Davidson was till he started hitting shot after shot after shot after shot and, like, carrying them to, the like, this junk team to the Elite Eight because this dude just can't miss ever. Well, Steph Curry isn't even the best Curry. The best Curry is <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah, so. he's on what team, Arista? I believe it's uh, Philadelphia. I think, yeah. I, think, I think that's what team it is. The newly acquired uh, guard. And that's what I'm excited for. Uh, it hasn't really been since, what, the Sixers had JJ that I've been, like, pretty excited to watch the Sixers again because I love those three-point shots. It's It's been – I mean, I think we watched this playoff series together uh, with the – with um Bellinelli and uh and JJ and stuff like it's yeah. like that, that that was like the fun Sixers that was the ones that I was like I love this team this is amazing and last year's Sixers was just like oh look Al Horford 
Terrible Sucks. again. Tobias <laughs> no, Harris. Look, Tobias Harris just casually dropping 17 points a game, but that's all he's going to do is 17 points a game. JJ so Reddick can't play defense, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with JJ, you. It's, it's, it's just uh, – uh, well, and, and what JJ brought to the team too, especially for like young Sixers team back in what 2017, 2018, was he brought that leadership and experience and sort of the energy to bring, especially during like the big time moments. And that's where you could like definitely like feel. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm still kind of missing. And that might be what the Sixers are still looking for. Maybe they found it in, you know, Curry. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a hot take here. Uh, I think that as far as like intangible leadership and stuff, I think Tobias Harris is like, a really big guy in that department. I mean, uh, Matisse Thibel loves him. Talked about how like formed a really strong bond with him. Maxi's already said that mm. Tobias is like the good guy. I mean, even like when the social justice stuff was going on, uh, and it still goes on, but when that was happening, Tobias was like the kind of the leader on the team then. So that's why my hot take is like, should we trade Toby? Maybe, but like I think that voice is going to be missed mm. if he is traded. You're probably right. I mean, here's my thing, like. And I know where you're going with the trade thing because obviously <laughs> our phones blow up every five seconds with somebody saying something about Harden. You know, we're <laughs> waiting for that. We're waiting for that Woj bomb to just kind of come in. You know, like um, I. So, so the thing that kind of gives me pause, or, or not gives me pause, but like gives me some like happiness, energy, like good vibes, is the best seasons that Tobias Harris has had in this league came under Doc Rivers in LA. Exactly. So, yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. That is a good point. So maybe he's got the keys. And again, those Clippers teams weren't, you know, super team. Like those weren't teams that had Paul George yet. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. They didn't like, they were just kind of okay teams. I think the Sixers have more talent than those teams, you know, to surround him with at least. And he's this floor is going to be a little bit more space this year because there's not going to be an Al Horford taking up, you know, an entire fifth of the floor of him just doing nothing like a parked bus doing absolutely nothing, you know, so a parked think, bus can get an offensive rebound, Paul, you're giving too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> At least twice a game. <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. The uh, parked bus uh, community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paul canceled yeah. again. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm just racist against buses. What can I say? Um, You're a busist. <laughs> but, but seriously though, like if he can, you know, kind of be even, you know, 70% of what he was when he was in LA with Ben and Joe, sign me up. Curry, are you talking, about, like, up. Are you talking about Toby here being 70% yeah. of what he was? Because think about it, that season where they lost to, to Boston in the, um, Eastern Conference semis was that two years ago 18 I guess that was 2018 um you know that was a really good team and they needed like that one superstar so Tobias could have been that superstar that that Jimmy ended up being as long as you have the the spot up shooters like the Bellinelli's and the um um Ilyasovas of the world which Curry and Danny Green could certainly certainly be right the Sixers are fun again. That's uh, that's the point. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I haven't watched a preseason. Like, I just don't watch preseason basketball. And I, I watched know, a little bit. Um, I think that was on during the Bachelorette as well. It was it – was, um, uh, the Granted, there's, some, there's something special about watching summer league highlights and getting hyped. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, 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 there's really the process years. It brings me back to a better time when my favorite player, Tony Roten. <laughs> well, because that's the, the only time. Because that's the only time we could actually root for them to win games. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. True. yeah <laughs> Do you see Michael Connor Williams? <laughs> yeah. It's like the evil Sam Hankey. <laughs> like, when that season starts, you know. All right, guys, like 2014, 2015, we're like, mm, all right, no, no, uh-uh, we're done. No, no, no more break. winning. <laughs> we're winning too many times in January. We got to pump the brakes. <laughs> you can have like two or three in like April when it doesn't matter, but like yeah, I care about them now, ping pong balls. I really need I'll, Markel Fultz on this team. <laughs> yeah. Un, underappreciated, I think, even in our group chat is uh, Shake Milton. Shake's yeah. a good player, dude. He's really good. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think uh, him – breakout star. We don't need to harden. We we have shake at home. Like, what's the point? 
Well, and the good thing about Shake is he can kind of they can play that offense defense split with him and um, Thibel down the stretch. You know, kind of play to Thibel's defensive abilities, but still mm. like get Shake on the floor for you know big offensive possessions. Exactly, which, exactly. Which, which I think Doc will do. Like I trust him as a head coach to kind of figure those sort of yeah. you yeah, know maneuvers actually, rotations out. Which is refreshing to say because Brett Brown would not figure those out. Like he mm. would. He would have Shake starting at point and then, I don't know, have Ben crash the post. It's stupid stuff. Well, and, like, the big thing to take in consideration is if you, like, look at, it, like, the stats of just Shake Milton between, like, the two years he's played for the Sixers is he's doubled his basic productivity. He goes from, like, 20 games in 2018 to 40 in 2019. And what he's done is, you know, he's doubled his production in points and he's improved his three-point shooting. And that is – what the Sixers drastically need to succeed, I think, as well, if they're going to, you know, not bring in James Harden. Right. Like, I feel like with Brett Brown, though, like, he was kind of unfairly judged a little bit. And, I mean, look, I'm team fire Brett Brown, so I'm not, like, going to pretend, oh, we made a mistake. We didn't. Um, I think everybody wanted him to be Greg Popovich, and he just wasn't. But Greg Popovich also had, you know, two NBA Hall of Famers and probably – you know, future Hall of Famers, you know, Tony Parker and Manu. So, well, it was also his first gig too, and it was a pretty, you know, uphill battle from the very beginning. But we we did have a lot of assets and a lot of great players. I've always, you know, Brett Brown did those the process years. Like he did get those players to buy in and like actually try. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they were bad, but but like they weren't bad because they gave up like the Jets right. or something. They were bad because they're just wasn't, they weren't talented. Right. And, and like, if you have a heart, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. want Brett Brown to succeed because yeah, exactly. He, we put Good him story. through hell. Good like story. Sam Hankey hired him, looked him in the eye and said, Hey, Hey Brett, <laughs> I need you. I need you to lose. And we're going to lose for like three and a half years. Well, like it's going to be rough. Like that. And he's like, all right, fine. Sign me up, you know? And then he finally gets a good team. And, like, that dude was four bounces away from going to the NBA Finals. And you can't tell me otherwise. You mm-hmm. I, Like, I will take that to my grave. I well, really will. Who knows, too, like, if Kawhi does miss that shot, like, the Sixers did have a good shot. He didn't win that title that year. And who knows, like, Brett Brown could still be around if that event just didn't take place. With Kawhi they would have they 1,000% won that title. 1,000%. He'd still be around just like Doug Peterson is with the Eagles. <laughs> like, you just buy yourself, like, two to three more extra years of you not living up to your standards just because you bought or you didn't buy you won a like title with that team for that city but i mean think about like if he wins that title like you've gone from i sold this city yeah you're gonna lose and you need to root for this team to lose for four years in that city in that market with those fans and for the most part the majority of them bought it lock step and then you have this team where you finally get your two stars plus the superstar that you needed and you are four bounces away four bounces you know some people listening uh would be upset with the philadelphia title so i don't care fine that's <laughs> they, fine they can love it or leave it some people <laughs> oh. aren't imagining that <laughs> <laughs> but like he, you know they would have beaten the bucks in the next round like they match up so well with that team and then with mm-hmm. all the injuries golden state had that year like Mm-hmm. Mm, it would have it was mm. there it was there, there. And they, they didn't really accomplish it and that's where there has has there ever been a time where a team has just been like open with their like fan base that hey we're gonna basically take like two to four years off get behind us because there will be greatness and there will be a parade and basically selling to their fans will you be at the parade i don't think like in modern day the only thing i can really think of is like the dolphins like present day has there? Can you guys think of any other team in like at least like modern history that has sort of done that to their fan base? The Astros did it in 2013. The and the Marlins usually do it every year, but <laughs> but but here's the thing though: like you look at those cities, like it it never happens in Philly, Chicago, New York, or Boston. It never happens there because those yeah. fans usually can't like deal with that. Like their patience will grow very thin very quickly right, like, too, yeah. it just doesn't 
happen. Like you need to win all of the time or people are going to lose their minds. And the Sixers fans were like, yeah, I'll sign up for this. Sure. You know, I bought it hook, line and sinker. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, like I will worship Sam, Sam Hinkie, like the God he is till the day that I die. And I don't, and I have no shame in that. That, that's yeah. what I, I, I like do miss, and that's what sh- I wish the Cavs could do something more like that to the extent that the Sixers did, but it, they won't replicate it, and the, the Cavs are just going to be terrible for years to come without, like, you know, any hope at the end of the road. You just got to hope that, like, a hometown uh, kid comes along that's, you know, the greatest of all time, like LeBron is. Yeah. Well, even Bronny Jr.'s what not from Akron he's basically from LA wasn't he was like, probably probably remember I those mean, rumors when LeBron was coming to Philly and it was like he's yeah, scouting out yeah. school districts <laughs> yeah, yeah he's yeah. buying a home in Malvern like but the, the group chat updates were like insane <laughs> like the next like couple of days they're always checking out Malvern <laughs> yeah lower Marion the group yeah, chat was coming <laughs> group chat blew up blew up blew up and then we get the Woj bomb yeah he's going to LA and we're just like <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, I'm gonna go to bed. It's twelve o'clock and it's twelve o'clock noon, but you know I'm just gonna go lay <laughs> in my bed and cry. Like, bye guys. <laughs> like I was like, oh my god, dude, just do it. Just mm. uh, sort of to like uh, round out uh, this episode of the pod because we're come down like the finish line. I want. I'm kind of curious your guys' take. What would be a successful year? considered for the Sixers or maybe what it would be an unsuccessful year for the Sixers at this point in the season or, you know, before we start the season. I think a successful year for the Sixers comes down to two things. Um, I think at the end goal, obviously the title, but um, I think what would make it even more successful is if we see Ben sort of develop more and we can finally shut down these stupid Ben takes that are uh, very popular um, so well, obviously we're a title. What are takes, Arista? What are those takes about Ben? Ben doesn't shoot. Ben's terrible because he doesn't shoot. Ben does everything else really well. He's an elite defender. He's an elite facilitator. But oh my God, he doesn't shoot from the three. So therefore he's terrible. Dude can dunk on anybody, anybody in the league. I don't care. He can dunk on two people, any two people in the league. I don't care. But it's, you know, no one can see that. Uh, anyway, I think this for the Sixers to call it a success, uh, a championship, obviously number one, but just having Ben kind of develop, if he gets a mid-range jumper, like then the haters can shut up. And that's kind of what my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that we should all like hop to our phones and feel the urge to send a tweet every time he hits a three-point shot. Like speak for your, speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know that was hold, hold, hold I mean, on, hold on. You, you know that old I think it's what Will Chamberlain photo where he holds up like a uh hundred? Yeah. A hundred yeah. I, I printed out a picture of that with Ben Simmons and it said three and I, I had that on my desk at work for like months. <laughs> Waiting for that moment to happen <laughs> during I mean I, as great as I, that I, is you shouldn't we shouldn't be doing that like no 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 i have a whiteboard at my desk in the office and i had like a ben simmons number of three points counter for for each game and it was like six (laughs) so like so like i guess for me obviously like i would look at one we got to stay healthy like health is a huge component of this um I think for me, like, you got to – I think that they're talented enough to get to Eastern Conference Finals. Like, yeah. like that's kind of where, like, anything over that is gravy. Anything less – I mean, as long as they finish in the top four and get to the semis, I guess that's okay. But I need to see, like – like, I need that feel of moving in the right direction. I know that that's not measurable, but, like, I need to feel it. <laughs> like I wish I could give you something better, but like I need to feel feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the materialistic thing that does need to happen is, of course, you do need to go to the playoffs with this talented team, and at least bare minimum, I would say, win one round. And even at that, like second round, like I, I agree with you, they they could definitely move on from that. And if 
you have Doc Rivers as your coach and you're like settling for just second round, you're just as good as like the Clippers now at this point. And that's, right. that's all you're getting to that point where that's no good anymore for Philadelphia 76ers basketball. Cause, cause we all agree they're a top four team in the East, right? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, what, like it's the heat in no particular order, like the heat, the Celtics, the Nets, the Sixers, maybe not even the Celtics, like um, the, yeah. the Bucks, like, yeah, I mean, the, the Nets, that's kind of the X factor, I think. Yeah. You know, if Kyrie don't... is a, a team player or yeah, not. Can, can he play nice with others? Like, No. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I would say that would be my big thing is, like, I need to see progress. Like, whatever progress looks like, mm-hmm. I need to see progress. And, like, it's more or less, like, individual. Like, I need MB to stay healthy, but I need to see Tobias play to his potential. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he would be the first to tell you last year was not a good year for him, not a good year at all. So I need him playing to his potential, and I need um, Ben Simmons to kind of reach his ceiling because I was having this discussion um, with a friend of mine the other day that I think Ben Simmons' ceiling is huge. And I think yeah. you mentioned that um, in a group chat the other day or tonight. Like Today, yeah. His, his ceiling is huge but he's not anywhere near it yet. Whereas Embiid, like his ceiling is also huge, but he's much closer to that ceiling. Like I want to see him get to be the modern day Hakeem Olajuwon, whereas Ben Simmons, like Ben Simmons ceiling, I'm not going to lie to you guys, is LeBron James. Yeah, like, that's his ceiling. Man. Love it. And it's I agree. thing to LeBron. And like the one thing that we can look forward to is in order to reach that ceiling, in order to reach your potential, what you need to do at that moment in time is what will the coach do? And I think it's a great time to see what will Doc Rivers do for Ben Simmons to reach greatness. And that's what I'm very excited to see. Yeah, me too. Same. Third. Well, I think that pretty much does it for uh, this episode of Trust the Pod. I want to thank Paul again, of course, being co-host. Um, thank you, Arista, for joining. And next week, we should be wrapping up Bachelorette. And then we got playoff football coming down the stretch. So get hyped. Real quick, who's your final? Who's winning Bachelorette? Uh, Bachelorette, I think it would – my heart is telling me Brendan. My head says Ivan. I've, been, I've been riding the Ivan bus since, the, since they, they talked about the social issue. So I'm all in, baby. Yeah, my heart is Ivan. My head says Zach. I think she's just in with that. I hate I to agree I with you. I don't like, agree, but I think it is. Yeah, so. it's hard to tell, but, you know, time will tell. <laughs>